0: In his outstanding book, A Theology of Biblical Counseling, Dr. Heath Lambert says in the opening page that counseling is a theological discipline. Counseling is a theological discipline. Now in our day and age, that is a strikingly controversial claim, that counseling is a theological discipline. So what I'd like to do is to test Dr. Lambert's thesis. What I'd like to do with this episode is to explain a handful of biblical attributes of God and then describe the practical implications of each attribute for life and for counseling. And let's start with the wrath of God. The wrath of God refers to that attribute of God's character whereby he intensely hates all sin. That's Wayne Grudem's definition from his Systematic Theology. In fact, all of the definitions are going to come from Wayne Grudem in this podcast. The wrath of God is the attribute of his character where he intensely hates all sin. So God is full of wrath towards sin. Exodus 32, 9 and 10. Deuteronomy 9, 7 and 8. Deuteronomy 29, 23. 2 Kings 22, 13. John 3, 36. Romans 1, 18. Romans 2, 5. Romans 2, 8. Romans 5, 9. Romans 9.23, Colossians 3.6, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, 1 Thessalonians 2.16, 1 Thessalonians 5.9, Revelation 6.16 and 17, and Revelation 19.15. One implication of the wrath of God in my life is that as I grow in holiness by God's grace, it is my increasing desire both to hate and and to hunt my own indwelling sin First john 2, 1 john 2:1 romans 8:13 colossians 3:5 sanctification in the power of the holy spirit involves becoming incrementally and increasingly like jesus in real life therefore i desire to love what he loves as well as to hate what he hates including sin as it relates to counseling A robust understanding of the doctrine of the wrath of God cannot but help sharpen our senses, both as counselor and counselee, in terms of the weightiness of our responsibilities we meet together. In counseling, we are seeking to apply the wisdom of God's word in the gospel of Jesus Christ to the everyday sufferings and sins that people face in their lives. God's wrath towards sin reminds us of the high stakes involved in soul care and the personal ministry of the Word. In counseling, we are not playing games. The reality of the wrath of God reminds us to take this calling with utter seriousness. Let's turn to the mercy of God. The mercy of God is, according to Wayne Grudem, God's goodness toward those in misery and distress. Mercy, the mercy of God, is God's goodness toward those in misery and distress. God's mercy is a beautiful and reassuring doctrine in Holy Scripture, particularly in view of the Bible's teaching concerning his wrath. From the Old to New Testament, we learn that God is a God of mercy. Exodus 34, 6. Psalm 103, verse 8, 2 Samuel 24, 14, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, Hebrews 2, 17, Hebrews 4, 16, James 5, 11. As I seek to reflect the character of God in my own life, mercy is a divine attribute that, as I grow in it, will more of it will be shown by God to me. So Matthew 5, Seven, Jesus tells us, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. So you think about the way this comes together. A biblical counselor wants to be sharp on sin, clear on sin. At the same time, a biblical counselor wants to be full to overflowing with mercy, because blessed are the merciful, and they will be shown mercy. Mercy is an indispensable character quality for a biblical counselor. In fact, it's not going too far to say that if one is unable or unwilling to display God's goodness toward those in misery and distress, that person is unqualified to pursue this ministry of the word. Just as often as we speak of doctors with a fitting bedside manner, So too, soul care physicians ought to exhibit mercy in all of their dealings with their counselees who so very often find themselves in misery or distress. Let's turn to the holiness of God. Well, the holiness of God means that he is separated from sin and devoted to seeking his own honor. That's Grudem once again. Holiness, the holiness of God is that God is separated from sin And devoted to seeking his own honor this is the only attribute of god that is spoken of to the third degree remember the words of the seraphim to one another in isaiah 6 3 god is holy 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 we're never told in the bible that god is wrath 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 as i learned from rc Sproul, or that god is mercy 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 but we are told that god is holy holy Holy. In some sense then this reveals holiness to be the most essential aspect of who God is in his own being. If the Bible teaches us anything about God, it is that He is holy. Exodus twenty six thirty three, Psalm twenty four three, Psalm seventy one twenty two, Psalm seventy eight forty one, Psalm eighty nine eighteen. Isaiah 1.4, Isaiah 5.19, Isaiah 5.24. The response in terms of practical life application for the believer is quite clear. We are called to be holy, for God himself is holy. Leviticus 19.2, 1 Peter 1.16. Holiness is not optional for a Christian. Without it, we will not see The Lord, Hebrews 12, 14. So put simply, biblical counseling is a quest for holiness in the lives of both counselor and counselee. It would be difficult, impossible really, to imagine an attribute of God with a more vital bearing on the aims of biblical counseling than holiness. Let's consider the omnipotence of God. The omnipotence of God means that God is all-powerful and that there is nothing beyond his ability to accomplish. Closely related to the doctrine of the sovereignty of God, the fact that God is all-powerful is the sustained teaching of the Bible from cover to cover. Genesis 18.14, Psalm 24.8, Jeremiah 32.17, Jeremiah 32.27, Matthew 19.26, Luke 1.37. This attribute of God holds immediate impact in, in my life in counseling. Counseling is a mighty task. I particularly take it to heart when I consider the doctrine of God's omnipotence. No matter how weak or limited I am, and no matter how much suffering or sinning a counselee may be involved in, I know that nothing is too hard for God, since nothing is impossible for him. I find great encouragement in this as I counsel the gospel, which is the power of God, unto our comprehensive rescue. Let's think about the omniscience of God. The omniscience of God means that God is simply put all knowing. There's nothing in the universe about which he does not possess perfect knowledge. God knows himself perfectly. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11. God knows all people perfectly. John 2, 24 to 25. God knows all actualities. Hebrews 4, 13. As well as all potentialities. 1 Samuel 23, 11 to 13. Matthew 11:21. 21. God knows everything. Job 37, 16. 1 John 3:20. The practical implications of this for life and counseling are stunning. God knows what I need as I seek to minister to another as well as what they need, even when I do not know what they need. God also knows everything about my counselee, even the things that I and they do not know. This truth is a great encouragement to seek the Lord's face in prayer as well as in his revealed word with confidence in the context of counseling, knowing that God knows all things. Finally, the omnipresence of God. What does that have to do with counseling? Well, the omnipresence of God means that God is present in all places at all times. He is everywhere at every moment. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10. Jeremiah 23, 23 to 24. As Wayne Grudem notes, quote, God can be present to punish, to sustain, or to bless. And I would add, to teach, to counsel, to do limitless amounts of things. Uniquely, as it relates to life and counseling, I find the truth that God is present to sustain to be an incredibly humbling truth. As I meet with a counselee, God is actively giving us life, breath, cognition, and capacities for affections. That's Acts 17.25 or Colossians one seventeen, or Hebrews 1, three. Furthermore, God is present, especially through our union with Christ as he fills us with his Spirit, creating and encouraging us to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, Ephesians 4, 1-3, as well as equipping and, and empowering me to counsel in the strength that God supplies to the glory that Christ deserves, 1 Peter 4, 10-11. In a very real sense, the omnipresence of God reminds us as counselors that we are the Least important person in the counseling room. God is present and is of first importance. The counselee is present and comes second. We should regard our counselees as significant, more significant, far more significant than ourselves, and we as counselors are third. Now, all I've done is think through a handful of attributes of God. And I think we've demonstrated convincingly that counseling is indeed a theological discipline. So with confidence, counsel scripture, counsel this holy God, and counsel Christ, our wonderful counselor. Grace and peace.